Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled Everyday Choices. We've taken that from Deuteronomy chapter 30, where God tells the children of Israel, look, today I'm giving you a choice, life and death, prosperity, disaster. Every day you and I get to wake up and we make a choice. Every day you and I have to decide again what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, who we're going to live for. So we've looked at several different things that we have to go through on a daily basis. And this morning, we're going to look at this one. What or why? Now, I'm going to talk about this one out of uh, some really personal experience because I've had to battle this years ago. I've got it settled, but I had to deal with this. Most of you uh, know, several years ago, I was in a car wreck 35 years ago, somewhere in there. I don't know the exact time. And I, another driver fell asleep, came into my lane. We hit head on, 35 miles an hour. Wasn't expected to live, wasn't expected to walk, wasn't expected to have much of a life. And I still remember the moment of impact, the thud, the, the feeling, and the thought. My very first thought whether I express that verbally or subconsciously, I don't know. But here it was. God, why? First thought. First thing. Last thing I remember pretty much through that whole time. God, why? Why does this happen? Why are you allowing this? You've been there. Some of you are there right now. Why am I going through this? God, why? And you see, there's a guy in the Old Testament that I related to at that time by the name of Job, who went through a tragedy of life. The first few chapters are just simply him losing everything. All of his resources, all of his family, except for his wife, just loses his health, has nothing. And what you find is Job going through just a process of losing it all. And there he is by himself. And yet in chapter 2, verse 12, and when they saw Job, some friends had come to see him and they scarcely recognized him. And wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. And they just, you know, sat on the ground with him for several days, for seven days and nights. Now, here's the amazing thing. No one said a word to Job. You do understand, don't you, that sometimes, most of the time, when someone's going through a crisis, the best thing you can do is be there and shut up. We'll talk about that. They saw that his suffering was too great for words. And then you begin a process for the several chapters that they go through where Job spoke and cursed the day of his birth. And why wasn't I born dead? Why? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Verse 20, why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? Verse 13, why do you turn away from me? Why do you treat me as your enemy? Verse chapter 24, why doesn't the almighty bring the wicked to judgment? Why must the godly wait 
for him in vain. Why? 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 And how many times when we go through crisis and go through difficulties, our biggest question is why? Why, God? Now, let me just talk to you about why we ask why. Why do we do that? Well, there's a couple of issues. First of all, we think answers will help me gain control. Now, we've made it very clear. I've made it very clear to you. We are all control freaks when it comes to life, aren't we? We want to control it one way or the other. And so if I have an answer to something, that means maybe that I control it, you know? But yet when we go through these difficulties, we're reminding again of our powerlessness, aren't we? And so we think answers will give us a cure for what's going on, make some sense out of what's happening. And if I could just get this answered, then maybe everything would fall into place and maybe everything would be better. And we think that answers will give me closure. You know, well, I just got to resolve this. Maybe an answer will make it better. And maybe if I understand it, and maybe I just need this to be wrapped up. I need to tie a bow around it. I need to get this all resolved. I need to get everything fixed. And if I could just get this answer and just have me, why? If I could just get that taken care of and resolved, then maybe I could just put it to rest. We think answers will read my guilt. Maybe I could have stopped it from happening. Maybe I should have done something different. Maybe I could have changed things. You know, maybe if I'd have known something at the time, I could have prevented this from taking place. Nobody's perfect, and beating yourself up will not help you. And God doesn't want you to live in guilt. But we get guilty, don't we? Why? Answers will give me a greater security in the future. Because if I can get this answered, I can make sure it never happens again. If I just get this question answered, I can take whatever steps I need to take so that this won't ever transpire. And we get overreact and we become obsessive and we become overprotective and we become paranoid. And, you know, I don't want to get ever in a car again. I don't want to have to deal with it. God, if you'd just tell me why, I'd feel better about me. I'd feel better about the future. I'd feel better about life. I would just feel better if you could answer this question for me. Why is all this happening to me? Answers are something God owes me. God, you should explain this to me. You should tell me what's going on. And we we should say, God, I I just want to know. Why? Anybody ever been there? All of us, right? Even maybe some, for some of you, I'm really certain today, you're just going through this, you've gone through this and this and this, and the only question you can come up with is, God, why? Why am I here at this place? Why is this going on? Why is this happening to me? And we just keep asking that question. Now, why is that wrong? Why should we not do that? First of all, You want a perfect answer. And how many of you understand that life is complicated? 
And most answers wouldn't satisfy you. God says, I did it for this year. Well, why? We're like a two-year-old. You tell them something, why? Tell them, give them another, why? Give them another, why? And it just never ends, does it? And so we think if we could just get an answer, and if it would just be perfect, we would understand. Let me just tell you something. If God gave you all the answers to everything going on in your life, you still would not understand it all. Life's too complicated. God's too complicated. And so those answers are going to come because it's just not that simple. And so when I ask that question, I'm looking for something that will make sense to me. And yet God always sees things differently than I do, and I never have the whole picture, do I? I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's going on down the road, but God does. But somehow we think, well, if you could just tell me this, I could prevent it, I could stop it, I could control it, I could fix it. And just let me know that, and then life will make more sense to me. And so it's a problem because you just want an answer that isn't going to resolve your issues, no matter what you think. And someone could stand in front of you and say, this is why, and you'd go, I don't accept that. And, well, why? Or you hurt your relationships with people. You see, when we go through these hard times and difficult times, what do we tend to do? We tend to withdraw, don't we? And many times we blame others. Why did you do that to me? Why did you act like that towards me? Why did you say that? How could you? I can never trust you again. And when you don't get answers, you get angry. You get hurt. And you have pain. And many times you take that out on the people around you, don't you? Because you're looking for some explanation. And you're looking within and you're looking without. And when people don't give you the answer you like, when they try to give you an answer, you just get mad at them. And so it hurts your relationships. Another reason, the problem with this is you're living in pity. See, the why question is a question of pity. Poor me. Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why am I the only one that ever seems to have these problems? Why is this going on like this? Oh, poor, poor me. And you begin to feel sorry for yourself, don't you? You begin to feel like, well, you know what? God doesn't love me and God doesn't care for me. God isn't listening to me. And you just begin to live in the dumps And life gets very, very hard. The other problem is you're stuck in the past. You keep reliving everything that's gone on. And you keep trying to find a solution for it. And you keep trying to analyze it. And you keep trying to fix it. You can't go back and fix the past. You can't change it. And let me just tell you a little secret here. When you're focusing on the past, you're ignoring the present. And you and I live in the present. And if you keep looking back, you eventually start going back, don't you? And you start dealing with all these things. And 
God, why? God, why? God, why? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? God, why? And it creates all kinds of issues for us. And over the years, personally, I've gone through it, and I've just watched people over the years go through it. Something tragically happens, or I don't know about your life, but my Have you ever noticed that problems seem to come in bunches? I would like for them to come single file, at least. You know, one at a time, let me handle that one and get through it and let me have a gentle little piece. Then I can deal with the next. But have you ever noticed it's one thing and you just keep waiting for the next shoe to drop and it's this and it's this. And before long, it's just, wow, this whole pile of stuff, right? Everything. When's it going to stop? When's it? Oh, man. Why? And so you get stuck. Let me tell you this morning, the question to ask is What? What? God, why? Or God, what do you want me to do now? God, what do you have in store for me? God, what is going to be the thing that I can do today to please you? You see, what is positive? Why is negative? What puts me in a place where I can look forward to something? Why keeps me locked into the past, into the pain, into the hurt? Why keeps me in a negative aspect? Why keeps me stuck? What puts me in a place that I can at least look with some hope to the future? It's a positive thing. What deals with the present? Why deals with the past? What provides an action? Why keeps you stuck? What drives you forward? It deals with what's now, not what has happened. The past is past. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do next? It moves you on. It takes care of today. Why keeps trying to change what's happened? What is practical? You see, when you take a positive action, it promotes healing. I still remember the day when the doctor walked into my hospital room. I was in the hospital for about three months and I learned something about doctors. When a doctor comes in and stands kind of at the edge of your bed or off to the side and is talking to you, everything's fine. He's just there, going to pay you a little visit. He's going to walk out. When a doctor sits down, pay attention. He's got something to say, and you better listen to him. And here's what his words were to me. This is uh, probably three weeks after the accident. I was in intensive care for a couple, so, you know, somewhere in there. And he kind of sits down, and he looks at me and says, well, here's the deal. Good news is you're going to live. Now, that was good news. But the rest is up to you. And you're going to live. The rest is up to you. I'm here today to tell you, you're going to live. But the rest is up to you. How well are you going to commit yourself to the therapy? 
How well are you going to do what I tell you to do? How well are you mentally going to stay positive and look forward to what life you can have? It's up to you. And every day you can wake up and say, God, why me? Or you can say, God, what do you want me to do today? My choice. Every day. My choice, my call. And so you and I have to struggle with this issue of life. And the good news is, I've got another day to live. The rest is up to you. You can just exist. You can spend your day feeling sorry for yourself and blaming other people for everything that's going on and asking all kinds of questions about why this is happening and why this is so unfair and why all of this is going on. Or you can look at it from a very positive, practical way and say, God, what is it you and I are going to accomplish today that you're going to use through me? And therefore, what includes other people? Because everything that happens in your life happens for a reason And God wants to use it for his glory. And you see, had a memorial service yesterday, and there's a couple passages of scriptures that often I'll use in these because they speak of comfort. And Paul writes about this great word called comfort. And he says to the people, he says, you know, the things I've gone through and had to deal with, God was there with me and he gave me comfort. And here's why he gave me the comfort. Because he gave me comfort, I can now comfort you. And then you can comfort others. And because you see what God has brought you through, you begin to understand that God's presence will be there and God will help you and he will take care of you and he will provide for you because you're never alone. And if you're willing to let him, he'll give you comfort. But comfort is this animal that you and I, and the illustration I often use, it's a couple of them, is uh, you ever... uh, had a, when you have one of your kids and they're going through a hard time and you want to walk up to them and try to make things better and you wrap your arm around and say, come on, let, let me kiss it and make it better. And they just put, no, leave me alone. You wanted to comfort them, didn't you? They didn't want nothing to do with you, did they? Do you understand that God's like that? A lot of times he's coming close to you saying, let me help you. Let me take care of you. Let me give you some, no, leave me alone. This isn't fair. God, why are you treating me like this? Scrooge asked that, by the way. Why is this going on? Why? And God says, look, if you will allow me, I'll take what's happening in your life and I will use it so that you will have, and here's the great word, you will have a testimony. And you will have something you can share with other people and you will have a way that you can comfort other people because of what you've been through. (laughs) And we all know what happens like that. Well, let me tell you what I've been through. No, nobody's been through what I've been through. Nobody understands what I've had. Boy, that's one of the biggest lies of the enemy. And you begin to blame people. See, Job had these three friends. From Job chapter 3 to Job chapter 37. That's 34 chapters. It is just simply a conversation between these three friends and Job back and forth. And Job's friends are trying to say, Job, what did you do to deserve this? 
Job, let me tell you, you know, you're not innocent here. Job, and Job has, no, no, I don't, I don't know. And you see, you're always going to have somebody around you telling you, you need to do that. I mean, I had people come to me. I'm in a hospital room in traction. Well, pastor, if you'll just repent of your sin, you'll get better. Oh, boy, it's a good thing I was nailed down. Now, let me be honest with you. God and I did have that conversation. God, is there anything in me that you're not pleased with? Let me know. And here's what I believe. I believe if you pray that prayer honestly, God's going to let you know. And if he doesn't let you know, then okay, we're good. And so they just sat around trying to do that. And please hear me, if you're going to visit somebody or talk to somebody who's going through a hard time, don't you dare go to them and say, well, you know you're in this mess because you did this. That is not going to be received well. You wouldn't like it, and neither does anybody else. And yet there's always someone who thinks they're super spiritual and will try to do it. And so all they did was make matters worse. And in fact, in the end, God rebukes them. Job 42, verse 7. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he turned to Elpaz, the determinate, and, and he says, notice what he says to him. I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. Ooh. What they do? They tried to explain everything to him. Now, please hear me. You don't need to explain everything to them because we don't live by explanations. We live by faith. <laughs> you get your eyes on God and off of you and let God work in you to give you a testimony. He said to Paul one day, Paul pleaded with God, please take this away. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why I have this. God, would you just remove it? And God said, no, my grace is sufficient. I'll take care of you. So the question has to stop being why and start being, okay, what are we going to do now? God, what do you want to do with this? What do you do with me? Now, here's the hard thing about this whole story of Job. You and I know why Job went through what he went through, don't we? Satan's thought, hey, he's just serving you because life's good and easy and he's got it all made. And God said, no, he's not. Job is a faithful, righteous man. And Satan goes, no, no, no. I'll bet if you took away all the stuff, he'd curse you. God said, no, he wouldn't. Satan goes, well, let's see. And so they did. God does allow us to go through difficult times. And you see, we see that story. Do you understand something, though? Job was never told why it happened. Never. Not at the end when Job and God are having the conversation. In fact, God comes to Job, and here's how he deals with him. Job, who are you to question me? 
Have you ever done this? And have you done this? And you're able to do this? And you're able to do this? And for a couple chapters, God just lists things. And Job just kind of jaw drops, mouth open. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was talking about. God goes, you bet you didn't. Never told him. Never explained. Never answered why. Now, here's what I found in life. Seldom is the why question answered. Why? (laughs) Because the what question is what matters. What are you going to do with God? You see, that's what put Job in such a great place. Notice as he's having this conversation with his friends and his friends are making all these accusations and saying all this stupid stuff to him. Notice what Job Job comes up with in, in the story. In Job chapter 13, verse 50, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I'm going to argue my case with him, but this is what will save me. I am not godless, and if I were, I could not stand before him. I like how the message version puts this. Hold your tongue while I have my say, and then I'll take whatever I have coming to me. Why do I go out on a limb like this and take my life in my hands? Because even if he killed me, I would keep on hoping. (laughs) I defend myself and my innocence to the very end. Just wait. This is going to work out for the best. My salvation. In another place, Job goes, look, as for me, I know my Redeemer lives. And he'll stand on the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body, I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I'll see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. Because what puts his faith in God? Why begins to question God's ability? Why begins to question God's purposes and plans? Why begins to question your ability? But what says, what can I do with God's help? What are God and I going to do together? What does God want me to do now? So after I struggled for a few weeks with the why question, tried to resolve it, I finally had to recognize, you know what? That isn't going to help me here because I'm going to live. Why isn't going to help me live well? But what will help me? What can I do now? God, what do we got going on next? God, what are you going to do with this for your glory? God, you can help me. You can take care of me. You know, sometimes we think God curses us. God never curses you. He will allow you to suffer. It will seem like a bit much, and there's been a few times where God and I have had the conversation where I've said to him, God, you and I need to talk about how much you think I can handle. (laughs) There were times that you wonder and you question. But God is faithful. God's comfort is there. God is waiting to help. God 
wants to be present. Job went through all of this because Satan thought he could get Job to turn his back on God. But God believed otherwise. God is for you. He's not against you. And he doesn't want you to live by answering all of your questions. He wants you to live by putting your faith in him and trusting him to take care of you no matter what life brings your way. And every morning when you wake up and you get to start a new day, you get to make a decision. Are you just gonna live the day asking why? God, why is this happening to me? God, why am I going through this? God, why don't you take care of this? God, why are you allowing them to be okay and not me? God, why do you have me here now? You can live your day like that. Or you can live today saying, God, what great things are you going to do in my life now? And what can you and I do together to accomplish your plans and purpose for my life? Because I know you are faithful and I know you will help me and I know you'll take care of me and I know I can trust you. Your choice every day, right? And at times life just gets really, sometimes we think unbearable. You go through things that raise a lot of questions and issues that aren't going to get answers because life isn't lived by having all your questions answered. Life lives by who you are going to put your trust in and what you and he are going to do to build the life that you enjoy and that he is honored in. Your choice every day and some of you are here today going through difficult times and maybe that question's been burning in your mind over and over again I'm here today to tell you God's faithful let it go start moving forward and you'll be surprised what you and God can do more than you can ask or imagine he's a faithful God the Bible tells us that God restored to Job more than he had. God is a God of restoration. Walk with him. Trust him. Put your faith in him. You don't live by answers. You live by faith. Let's pray. Lord, today, so many things that happen to us in life, so many issues we have to deal with, and Lord, sometimes it gets really hard, and it seems like it's just one thing after another. Lord, I pray for those today that are going through some difficult times. Maybe they feel like they're at the end of their ropes, and they've been asking this question. Why? Lord, would you help them to shift focus? They've got another day. 
It's up to their choice. What are they going to do with it? And God, you stand there ready to give comfort. You stand there ready to give strength. You stand there ready to help. And God, we just want an answer and you just say, I'm going to give you everything you need. Trust me. Help us to be faithful. Help us to keep going. Help us to allow you to accomplish in us what you desire in your ways, not ours. Lord, we're grateful today that we serve such a loving, caring, kind God. Thank you for a new day every day. Help us to live it. Asking what can we do together. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.